Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. What's up, Airheads? Welcome back. We've got another edition of Putting On Air. Howdy, Trey. Howdy, Cho. What's up? Oh, not much, man. I'm just, uh, you know, living the dream here at, uh, what do we, do we have a name for our studio, Pro- Producer Russ? We POA Studio. Like, because I know that Bert and Tom is like, that's the, I guess, the Bear Cave. Yeah, we need one. Something well, it's with like air. The, the, the air name, you know, the acronym is POA, which is also like, Piece of ass, which is piece of very, ass, like, the piece of us, ass studio, the air apparent, the, the airframe, the air, air uh, the airstream, airstream, it's streaming. This the is the airstream, the airstream. We're here, it. we're here in the airstream, the airstream, coming to you from the. That airstream. would be sweet, by the way, if we started doing traveling shows in an airstream trailer. Airstreams are sweet, and by yes. the way, airstream holler at us. That's a possible sponsor. We've talked to them before. We can get them to do a POA, a putting on airs airstream trailer that we take around. That would just, hit real hard. Well, let's just put it out in the in the universe. Let's do yeah. it. Yeah, manifest destiny, baby. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. Um, all right. So tonight, uh, or on this episode, I'm going to be talking about divorce. Everybody gets divorced. Both fancy people and trash people get yeah. divorced. We'll be talking about the differences in it. And there's, uh, I found some. Pretty funny divorce stories. Really? Yeah. I can't believe Imagine there's a that. lot. Imagine yeah. that. And then uh, Professor Cho is going to be regaling us with a history lesson on the subject of the Bard. Elt. Or you may know him Elt. more as William Harold Shakespeare. Is Harold? Harold? No, I don't know. Did you say Harold? Because I just. Is it it's William, William H. H. Shakespeare? I think so. It's funny because I. Jesus's middle name Jesus is Jesus H. Christ. H. Yeah, like Jesus Harold H, Christ. You just go with H. Yeah. So well, you just defaulted to Harold? Harold, yeah. William Harold Shakespeare. Harold is a, uh, I think that's an old name. Yeah. Yeah. No, Harold makes sense. Yeah, it sure. It's William, right. but William, we will be talking about William Shakespeare, a lot of fun facts, a lot of stuff that uh, I can't wait to talk about. I didn't realize how much stuff I was going to learn about William Shakespeare that, like, really apply to the current day yeah. and how art is created it's 
pretty fascinating. So I'm pretty excited. All right. Well, that'll be fun. But before we get to all that, I wanted to uh, I wanted to tell you. So <laughs> oh shit. So you've already seen it. I've spoiled I I it already yeah. for you. So uh, Christmas just happened. I don't know when people are going to be seeing this. Probably fucking June or yeah. something. But as we're filming this. Uh, Christmas just happened. And I talked about it in the last episode we filmed. I got my wife a dainty necklace. It hit whatever. She got me something that was uh, meant specifically for this podcast. She knows we're doing this podcast. She knows we're excited about it. So she got me a Christmas present that was in the vein of putting on airs. And what she got me was a lordship i love that oh my god yeah bought, bought hit that, and paid hit that for. in the main camera right there trey oh my god I know. we got here's mine right here yeah lord trey crowder that is so i'm gonna be so what you got an acre in scotland or something that's right no less than a an foot, acre. A foot five square feet yeah, that's i got up, five man. square feet in scotland but i got this <laughs> uh i got my crest here there's deer on it look at that nice. wow. look at that Yes, but uh, crest, which is something his family normally never uses. No, no, no. We ain't we ain't crest people <laughs> at all. But so now I'm gonna need producer Russ. Whenever you put up our things yeah. underneath us, our titles, I'm gonna need it to say oh. lower. I'm gonna okay. need it to say lower. Yeah. Trey Crowder, please. Hey, while we're it's, doing that, I knew this was well, coming. Why wouldn't up. I? Why, why wouldn't it? Yeah. While we're doing that, now I'm not a lord, but I recently found out uh, over the break that I had been nominated and appointed by the governor of Kentucky as an official colonel, which is the highest rank you can give a civilian in the state of Kentucky. So if you're going to be Lord Trey Crowder, I'm absolutely going to be Colonel, colonel Corey, Corey Forrester. Forrester. So That's there you right. go, the Lord and the Colonel. That's right. This well, is tremendous. We, we needed titles you know, For sure. to do this show. Yeah. Yeah. And now, look, I probably already not to do this. Do I, I, don't, I don't get a title. Yeah, well, uh, well, your producer, well, producer is a title. Producer's a titer. Titer. What's a, what are other titles? Lord, Lord, could there Colonel, be like a yeah, like a prefix sir, to it? Sir, well, I mean, you're definitely sir. Yeah, like, like we could knight you. Like producer there, Russ. there might have to be <laughs> like be an a episode. producer Russ Esquire. Esquire. Maybe. Doesn't that mean Something. lawyer? It does mean lawyer. I'll put a pin well, in that. In this country, it means lawyer. Yeah, yeah. you guys okay. knighting me. What would our version of knighting be? Because like over there, it's like touching their shoulder with a, a sword. What would we do? Whatever it is, I don't want to do it. Yeah, it's our dicks. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, for sure. Spit backer on either side <laughs> yeah, of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, you know what? Uh, airheads out there in the airstream, we got to figure out what what producer Russ's title is aside from right now. It's <laughs> oh, God. Lord, yeah. Lord Trey Crowder. Yeah. Colonel Email us Corey at, Forster. Uh, Email us at puttingonairs at gmail.com. we got to figure out what producer Russ is. And by the way, it has to be less than what we are. Of course. <laughs> of course. Something a little underneath. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like it can't be HRH, like none of that shit. Like it's got to be like whatever. It's something that hits, but doesn't hit as much as Colonel and Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you like... uh title well you know you're kentucky colonel are you like how likely are you to include your title in future things do you know what i mean like we like so i'm sure that by the time this episode comes out i will guys have pull already, the mics closer to your face oh thank you i'm sure that by the time this episode comes out, because i haven't even announced that to the twitter world yet uh because i want to get my 
kernel that I want to get that thing that you just showed framed before I make like some, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to make some extravagant post teardrops. Like yeah. I can't believe. Yeah. By the time people see this, you will have done. All I will. That. I will have done all that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm probably definitely exclusive. I'm going to be like on Twitter. I'll definitely be COL period Corey Ryan Forrester. And I'll be honest with you. I'm probably going to have people bring me up at shows as yeah. Colonel Corey Ryan Forrester for sure. Like, like the, why wouldn't I? It's an honor. Sure. I, how do you feel about people that like have to, you make them call you doctor Yes. Oh, I would not. I mean, dude, yes. I'm not going to be like, excuse people, me. It's uh, oh, it's Colonel. Right. No, well, people that are doctors put so much more effort into becoming doctors I actually than have we a, put into what we just talked about. But I'm saying, yeah, like, but like, but, but, but I know, I, but I can't imagine. Engineers take a lot of time to do that shit, but you don't have to go, hello, engineer Scotty. I know. I, I agree. had. A, I actually have a story about that. So me and you were talking earlier off mic about when I used to be a flower delivery boy and also made the arrangements and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So one of the routes that I had was Signal Mountain. And I don't know if any, and anybody listening to this that's from the Chattanooga area immediately just went, Signal Mountain people. because And for the record, I know there's a lot of them that are great people, but Signal Mountain is always kind of like if you were going to say that someone was uppity. Is that the Trash Mountain? Oh, no, 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 no. no, no. Oh, Opposite. It's the Fancy that's Mountain. That's Sand Mountain. It's the Fancy yeah. Sand Mountain yeah, yeah, yeah. where they keep all the, the sand tra trash. The trash. Yes. But the signal trash is on Sand Mountain. No, signal no. Mountain is... That's Fancy, so that's fancy yeah. paper. And I don't know okay. how it started out, but like now it's like everybody that has money moves up to Signal Mountain. You got to take like the W road to get there and shit. Like it's just yeah. all. Can't just take any regular No, no, road. you got to, yeah. It's got to have a special but road. Like every, to get if you up live there. on Signal Mountain, you are uppity. And that's the, like if, if, you're, if you're a comic and you're ever in Chattanooga and you've got one of those like throwaway jokes that you do in every city about like the good part of town, you say Signal Mountain. You okay. know, that's all just right. that. That's the, that's the better side of the tracks. Okay. So one of my routes was I always had to go up Signal Mountain and it was always for like, you know, a shit ton of flowers, usually catering like a whole party or like some dude who like had to have his wife, the most opulent Valentine's Day shit. What the fuck ever. So I'm there delivering flowers one day and I go up to the door and I knock, you know, whatever. This is back when you could just knock on a door and talk to a person face to face without a mask or any of that. Like it was a very different time. And so... I open the door. I'm like, hello, are you, uh, uh, I don't remember the guy's name, but I was just like, M Mr. Jones. And this fucker just goes, doctor, <laughs> Dr. Right. Jones. Right. And me being who so I what am, did you do? And I go, scenario? well, Hey, I'm delivery driver, Corey, yeah. here's your flowers. And just, and you know, like, cause that's just, I'm like, what the fuck? Like how in God's name is would the I fucking flower know? delivery boy supposed to know that and, you are Dr. Jones? Ooh, why the fuck like, is you still, but by the way, here's the deal. You still are Mr. Jones. It's not like you're not Mr. Like I just yeah. Mr. Like that's the most, like it's fine. Like, dude, of course, when I know a person is a doctor, I usually do say what's up doc or like, Hey, mm -hmm. doctor, but of course, but like the fucking arrogance of like, yes, I know you worked really hard to get that fucking thing. By the way, I don't expect people to be like, hello, comedian Corey Ryan Forster. Right. I've put as much fucking work into this shit as you have becoming a fucking doctor. I promise you that. I think, I mean, it's easy for me to say, I guess, but like, I know there's a lot I, of good doctors who don't do this and I'm not talking to you. I just feel like, I think if I had an honorific like that, that I had earned, 
I I don't. I, if people called me that, I'd be fine That'd be awesome. with it. That's great. I'd be fine with it. Yeah, that's great. But I can't ever seeing my see myself correcting someone and be like, actually, it's Sir Trey. You, you know, like you know I, 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 I just would that never do that. You know why I think that is? You're not a huge piece of shit. I think is why you wouldn't do that. Yeah, it's just people have like, you have to feel like I am, I am much above you and I need you to acknowledge that every time you talk to me. But here's the thing. Do you know why you spend that much time trying to become a doctor? It's because you want to be a doctor, not be called a fucking doctor. The work is your reward. God damn it. People who say that shit, they're always like, I didn't spend seven years in fucking medical school or however long it takes to be called Mr. Jones. Okay. Well, I don't really care for what you did. We're not at your job right now. Yeah. I didn't come to your out like I didn't come here with the fucking flowers and then drop my pants, turn my head and fucking cough. You're not a doctor right now. You're just a dude signed for these fucking flowers, you asshole. Again, most doctors are great. But if you do this <laughs> but if you do this, I don't think you're great. Yeah, I feel like it's I feel like it's more like uh People that aren't medical doctors who do oh, that, but maybe I'm wrong. No, no. But, I think I agree with you. It's people who are like a doctor of literature. Yeah, right. Because right? there's a lot of people that like... Because I feel like they feel the need to point it out to people yeah. more. They're like, I'm not just a book person. person? Yeah. I'm a book doctor. We had... And I need you... <laughs> and I need you to <laughs> acknowledge the fact that I'm a doctor of books. Yeah, we had... I'm not just a regular old... I'm not book trash. Yeah. I'm not a book peasant. I'm a book doctor, and you need to say that to me. We had a elementary school teacher who ended up getting her doctorate in education and then so became doctor. I'm not going to say her name. And she was a fine lady. And I don't think she did that part, but like I remember when all of a sudden in the yearbook it changed to doctor whatever, and it, and we were all just like, yeah, but like that's different. I I, like, I, that's mean, I, I feel different. like if you're if you're if you're teaching a class of children, and you're now instead of Mister Forrester, you're Doctor Forrester, sure. and you tell the kids, that's "Call fine. me Doctor Forrester," where that's different. But when the fucking flower boy shows right. up. And it's like, hey, Mr. Jones. You're like, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> it's Dr. Jones. That's very fucking different. Also, but for that record, on that note, though, if one of the kids still says, hello, Mr. Jones, I still think you have to go, I am that too. Yeah. It's it's not like they called me Greg. You know what yeah. I mean? They said, Mr., give the fucking kid a break for God's sakes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. So, uh, my my marriage is doing great. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> I bet what we're talking about has led to a lot of this. Got a got a great gift. Mm-hmm. Your marriage doing good. You holding up in there? Oh, we're good, man. I mean, you know, we're I coming was out a- of the pandemic. Well, we're not coming out of anything, but we've all been in the pandemic for a while. Well, you know, I feel like relationships have gone one of two ways in the pandemic. They have. I mean, with how my, has yours gone? With mine, it's actually been like kind of the opposite of most people's in that well my, okay, my bad Russ. My bad Russ. So here's the deal. Me and my wife, uh me and my wife got married in two thousand and eighteen. So me and you'd been on tour for two years, right? And we've been and, and we've been together the entire time we've been on tour. 
And you know how fucking hot and heavy our tour was, especially back then. Me and her never really, like the whole time we've been together, we've never really seen each other. Like it was always just like, hey, babe, kiss each other. I'm home for two days. And then like I'm on the road for two weeks and I'm back home for two days. So the pandemic was like kind of at first a shock for us because it was literally the first time we had ever actually cohabitated. Yeah. Oh, you here now. Uh, right. Oh, shit. We're, so to You us, really going to brush your teeth that way? Yep. Okay. <laughs> That's literally a thing. <laughs> she makes fun of me because I have a, I have a very um, sensitive gag reflex. And so... <laughs> <laughs> I do. No, it's like every time I'm brushing my teeth, it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. she it makes, a, uh, yeah, and every, uh, like, she'll be in the bed and she'll be like, are you fucking serious right now? And I'm like, I'm sorry. I can't help it. I've got to get back there and my breath will fucking stink. But like, it was the first time that, so I, <laughs> I, you ever thrown up? Have you ever gotten uh, that far? Let me tell you something right what now. What are you brushing? Your tonsils? That's, you yeah. gotta get back there. He's so, going all the way back. But let me tell you this. Have I ever thrown up? Anytime that I've ever been like really super drunk and got home and brushed my teeth, I throw up almost every time. So okay. now, well, that is hilarious, but I kind of want to give it up to you for brushing your uh, teeth when yes. you're that hammered. Props. Let me let me like, tell you why. That's wild. Do you to rebrush me. your no, let me teeth? Let me tell you after that. Let me no. Okay. Let me tell <laughs> But let me let me explain this to you. I don't brush my teeth when I'm super hammered now. Can you guess why? Because you throw up all the time. No, no, no. <laughs> can you can you guess why I tried to brush my teeth back in the day when I was super hammered? Because when I was super hammered, I was about to get some pussy. Yeah. So I wanted to brush my teeth. Hold I don't have to believe that. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Would you not be at some random uh Whore. I don't know what else to say. And then we say. get a whore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some random. That's their title. Excuse me. Excuse me. Yes. It's whore. So, yeah, right. Some random. You uh, think I sucked dicks for seven years Some <laughs> to not be called a whore? whore? Come yes. on. But yeah. Some random uh, lady of the night. Her place. Well, if you, I'm at her place, no. Okay. Well, if I'm, I'm at her well, place, I'm about no. to say, like, you end up in these positions where you're like most oh, of I'm my, about to get we'd some, always go back to my house and you can go okay yeah and you would yeah. you would go out of your way to brush your teeth of course i want to be fresh for him i just fucking spray that dragon mm-hmm. breath all over no him, man no, no i wanted to be fresh up, i wanted to be fresh for just him. hit him with it i didn't mm-hmm. give a fuck no man that wasn't my game like i really i wanted to like make the great yeah, impression but you've already fucking locked it in at that, that ma- point but but i want to confirm the second meeting do you know what i'm saying really of course you want to, you, you're like, when you get in that position, you're sitting there thinking, I need to make sure this happens again. I fall in love so quick. <laughs> okay. Like, I'm, okay. I'm a right. guy, like, right. one night, now, don't get me wrong, did I have a lot of one night stands? Absolutely. Because I was always just like, you know, this will go how it goes. No, let me tell you something. <laughs> let me tell you something. And I, then, and then we'll see. I had a lot of one night stands, but let me tell you something, always their decision. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. I would have okay. loved to do it again. That's, I mean, of course there were some, like when I, when I first started doing stand up and I was on the road before my you wife, never, like, you never fucked some chick you knew was racist. Oh yeah, for sure. And I couldn't so, wait to do it again. 
<laughs> okay, never yeah. mind. Yeah, the, never like, mind. No, I'm just saying, like, you know, when I, I had a couple where I found out some unfortunate things. Oh, and no, I no, was no. Like, and I was like, well, I'm still oh, going. Once I I'm, got, st- I'm still going to pop this, but yeah, then, no, but then she can go somewhere else. They normally never because I'm me, not trying to listen to this. All they normally the time. never go into mind comp on the first date. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> some like, of them do. Dog. No, it was usually when I met their parents. I was like, oh shit. You know what I'm saying? But like, no, in man, the parent meeting. I like, I fell in love, dude. Like, I was a, I was Bruh. a, I was a really lovely like i loved love like i loved love the thing is hopeless romantic i would always me and a girl would always date for like eight months and then we would break up because what i found out was that i was addicted to love like the start of it and eight months is usually when it starts like kind of being like okay the honeymoon's eight months buddy that's like that's a fucking wild i know in the context of what you're saying yeah. well, eight for months the, for is the record, a again, for the record again there was several one night stands in between this because they just like, didn't want I nothing to do like, with i me. feel like i always just had like i was not a desirable flings, human being flings or one night stands or the equivalent or we were together for like a fair amount of time i had eight we were together for eight months or we were together for one night and then every now and then they would like be drunk and call me and be like you want to do that again and i'm like absolutely like a fucking like a basset hound just like I'm cool. I'm cool. I, but i like i just i like uh i'm a bit i was always and i, I mean I, you know, me and my wife did this but like i was always a big fan of like the hang afterwards you know what i mean like talk like they would listen to me you know, like they and, and, <laughs> well, like, like let me, let me, like, dude, you gotta understand, buddy. That, you are in the minority. Yeah, no, no, I know, sure. I know, I know, I am. You were a no, big fan of the hang well, dude, after a one night. You, you stand. gotta understand, like, this it ain't almost nobody under, who feels that. You gotta way. understand that when oh. I was when I was doing this, this is when like you were like in college and you had a successful job and stuff like that. I was a fucking open mic going on the road every now and then working it out comic i like i i desired being desirable you know what i mean like any woman that wanted to hang out for a little bit i was like oh my god really because like a lot of them think i'm a huge fucking worthless bag of shit so like i wanted to have my breath fresh i wanted to make a really good impression so that hopefully they'd come back again and some of them would but then they would like then they'd come see my act and they would be like he ain't going nowhere that ain't it yeah and so we but yeah and then but then if one of them did hang on it was here's what it was too they would hang on for eight months realistically that was the amount of time for them to realize oh he's just funny you know what i mean (laughs) like he's just funny that's it so like yeah man i was like i like the fresh breath i'm a big cologne guy you know i've got a like a like not to the extent of like in anchorman or whatever but i've got my like rack of colognes like i like to smell good i take four showers a day like if my when me and amber four oh yeah four at least not at least that's weird not at least four bare minimum two a day usually how long are the showers uh I mean, it depends. The first, the first one, he's, he's the first one in the morning is usually six to seven minutes because I'm a little tired. So like the first three minutes, That's a quick shower. just kind of like getting it up. Then the second shower is about five minutes because it's after my walk and because I sweated a little bit, so I get in the shower. My third shower is very quick. It's after I work out, and I'm just like. I've got shit to do. I got a lot of energy, but I just need to clean the sweat off. You know what I mean? And then my fourth shower is at night and it usually will be a little bit longer because I usually put a podcast on and just kind of like, you know how women take a bath? I have the shower equivalent of that and I'll put on like two bears, one cave, or I'll put on like some NPR thing and learn some stuff. And I'm in there for a while because 
the reason I do this is because of fucking Aaron Sorkin, right? <laughs> okay. Aaron Sorkin. Right. So Aaron, Aaron Sorkin. Shout out Aaron I took, Sorkin. I took his master class, right? And so he was talking about his whole thing of like, uh, he, he pitched it with like, you know, Albert Einstein worked at the uh, 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 patent office, patent office yeah. because he realized that when he was really trying to think and come up with shit, he couldn't just, his equivalent of he couldn't just stare at the cursor blinking, that did nothing for him. But if he, if he occupied himself with something, his brain worked in the subconscious, right? Andy Kaufman worked it did he was like a dishwasher at a restaurant when he was at the height of his fame in taxi because he said that creatively having that menial task that he wasn't really thinking caused his subconscious to think anytime i'm writing a story or doing anything like that and i'm fucking stuck the last thing i'll do is sit there and stare at the fucking computer i immediately go get in the shower and i swear to god nine times out of ten i go yes like two minutes into washing my hair, hair. Two minutes into washing, <laughs> two minutes into washing my scalp without thinking, I'll go, I'll go, boom, that's it, and I'll go out and I fucking, I've got the idea because your subconscious is constantly working overdrive, and it's soothing, and I love soap. I love soap, dude. But still, four wait, wait. though. Yeah, I mean, you no, know four is like a pretty hardcore day. At bare minute, I've. What I, are you doing with your clothes? What do you mean? Are you doing a change of clothes after every one of these? Uh, it depends. Oh my god! Because who's doing your fucking question. laundry? No, 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 no. me. Great me and Amber both split the laundry. We split the laundry. So if you're doing four fucking showers a day, are you in between before and after every shower? It's a different change of clothes nope. and underwear nope. and stuff. Because no. that's no, 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 why. no, 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 no. Let me explain to you. First off, <laughs> doing a first week off, of laundry every first off, day. <laughs> that's crazy. No, no. First off. I don't always wear underwear. Secondly, that's fine. Okay. Secondly, right, okay. that the, makes a difference. Secondly, the shout the night shower, I was not even dirty for that shower. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the clothes I was wearing for the night shower, but the clothes I was wearing, the clothes I'm wearing from 6 p.m. until 9:30, that is when I take my night shower. Those clothes end up being my morning clothes. Do you know what I'm saying? Because they're not that dirty. So those clothes, what they do is I fold them up and I put them on the hamper right when I get out of the shower. And then the next morning, after I get out of my morning shower, I put those clothes on. So if you look at me at night, right when I'm before I'm about to go to bed, that is the clothes that I will wear up until lunch the next day. Oh and then those go in the hamper because I fucking sweated in them on my walk. And then after that, I put my workout clothes on and I go work out and fucking, yes, of course I throw my workout clothes in the fucking hamper. What about your and early have, afternoon shower? Uh, the early yeah, say you Right now, you're. I don't wear right now, I evening think, shower. Right now, I think we're looking at. I feel like we're looking at three changes of clothes per day. Also, you gotta still. understand that, like, I don't wear a lot of clothes when I'm just at the house. Like, I'll often just wear my robe. Like our good, my my good friends over at Fruit Smash, which by the way, y'all should sponsor this podcast. Sent me like a bunch of geese. You know, like like silk robes or whatever. When I'm at the house after I've got a shower, like often I will just like put on that robe and just be in that for a while. So I'm not actually in a lot of underwear. Also, I have a lot of antimicrobial underwear, and I use a tremendous amount of Gold Bond, which keeps me dry, which keeps the sweat off, and I maintain those underwear are probably good for at least ten hours, regardless of when the like I six p.m. If I take them off at nine, I'll still wear them the next day until like 12 
11.30 a.m. And then I put on different underwear to go work out because I wear different underwear when I work out because I have performance underwear and I have regular underwear. I'm lost. Absolute lunatic. For sure. I'm lost. Wow. Well, anyway. Great, great segment, though. Divorce. You wanted to. Oh, right. Which is definitely going to happen to me. Yeah, right. Because my wife has to do my laundry. Guys, it is time to dig yourself out of that winter hibernation. Spring is here. You know what that means, Trey. It's time to get boing-oing-oing-oing sprung with Blue Chew. That's right. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, confidence can take you far in life. We all know that, but it also helps in the bedroom, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate, a.k.a. the wiener plate, and that's where Blue Chew comes in. Tell them about it, Trey. That's right. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead to get down or just be ready to get down whenever anybody's up to getting down. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com. Consult with one of their licensed medical providers. Once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. That's the best part about it. It's all done on the internet there or your phone. Just online. It's done online, which means no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made right here in the U.S. of A, prepared and shipped directly to your door in a discreet package. That, and we do mean package. Uh, yeah, huge package. That is my favorite... Uh, uh, that's my favorite part, by the way, because I've told you a million times, I actually know my pharmacist. We were in journalism together, and uh, I don't necessarily want her knowing what I'm getting up to, but I'll tell you this, my wife loves to know what I'm getting up to when it's time for Blue Chew. As soon as that mailman gets to the door, she knows what time it is, Daddy. Uh, and listen, if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, Blue Chew can help. And we got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew for free when you use our promo code POA at checkout. All you got to do is pay $5 for shipping. That's it. That's nothing. That ain't shit. $5 for... For new wainers? Come on now. Come you on want now. a cup of coffee or a new wainer? I know which one I want. That's right. That's bluechew.com, promo code POA to receive your first month for free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast. Oops. Who's going to take care of your family if something happens to you? What would they do without your income? If you don't have a plan, you need to go to goliathlife.com. Get a quick quote for more than 20 carriers. You don't even have to leave the house. If you need a medical exam, they'll send somebody to your house or office. You're in total control. You pick the rates, you pick the payments, you pick the terms you're in total control, but it gives you and your family peace of mind. What if something happens to your income? Hurry to goliathlife.com. So I want to talk about divorce and I, you know, normally try to, you know, let me do my thing. The Venn diagram where they overlap. I mean, dude, everybody gets divorced. You, you almost have know. to. You almost have to. You don't even so go actually, into a marriage now without... So, so, since you've said that, let's just talk about it that way. I had a realization <laughs> relatively early on in my relationship with Katie that, like, I... Uh, I So, you're from Chickamauga, a small southern town. Yeah, but Civil it's, War town. But it's close to a city. Yeah. Chattanooga. I'm from Salina, Tennessee. It's not close to anything. You're like five hours from Knoxville, right? No, nah, I'm two hours from that's, Knoxville that's enough, or Nashville. Yeah. But either way, it's not close to a city. <clears throat> My hometown ravaged economically, right? I never put all this together, but I've thought since then, literally... Literally every one of my buddies and me too growing up with 
every one of us divorced parents had divorced parents yeah. except for one one kobe kobe's parents stayed together other are than, they miserable other than that no they seemed all right yeah but other than that everybody's parents were divorced yeah and i never thought twice because when you're a kid you don't think twice about anything yeah things just are the way they are so nobody's parents were together half the people's mom or dad just was gone right they're fucking in the pan or fucking you know peeled up somewhere or both or whatever and that's just the way things were for sure and i so and i didn't i didn't think about it this way until i got older but like i just always kind of <laughs> kind of took divorce for granted right it's just it's, a, like, it's a way of life it's like you get yeah you, you get, get married, married you get married they and, stop then, and then you'll get divorced right and then you'll either get married again Which, or, for you the record, or whatever. If you but you'll look just statistically, you'll that... get married, you'll get divorced, and yeah. then that's just that's just what you do. Yeah, right. And then I met Katie, and her parents are still married, and always have been married, and divorce don't hit for her. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 It's, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was just like I was just like, yeah, you get divorced. That's what happens. We're about done. You know, we've, we've been together for a while. We're about done. You get yeah. divorced, it's fine. But she's like, no, you don't get divorced. I was like, oh, damn. You don't get divorced? I know. I love okay. having that option. <laughs> like, okay. I love, like, me and I Amber... guess you don't get divorced, you know? I went I went through that thought process. But, what, but like, your parents are married. They are. They've been married the whole time. Yeah. So, how did that all play out for you? When you were, how did you look at divorce well, and all that? So, one of the big things for me was I grew up in the church, Right. And when you grow up in the church, divorce is very different because right. a divorce is a sin. But what that ends up being, uh, this is anecdotal evidence. Like the sins hit. Sins do hit. Right. They do hit. But like my point is when when you're looking at divorce through the lens of a condemnation from God and you actually believe in that God and think that he may smite you, what I realized happened was a lot of people stayed in very, very unhealthy marriages for way too fucking long. Which, oh, like, oh, so it's like the opposite for way, you. It's the opposite. So I looked at it. You and look at it like people should be getting divorced without more. question. Like I'm not saying like obviously if you can make it work and it's just one of those bullshit things like oh I just want to be a rambling man. It's like dude, come on man, you love this lady, she loves you. You're gonna regret this. There's sometimes where I'm like, man, you made an oath, like make it work. If it's just your fucking bullshit, go get your bullshit done and then come back to that. Like, but like, there's a lot of, I looked at a lot of relationships in hindsight from the church and I go, damn, those people hated each other. And the reason that their kid is so fucked up, because then they would go, the reason you have to stay together too, is like, you have to stay together for the kids. Yeah. That's a big trope. And like, well, you can ask any, almost any fucking psychologist and they'll go, that's not actually a dude, thing. I, because my, a divorced family that's both happy is way better than a marriage well, that is. They weren't both happy. I, but, but, but you know my, what I'm saying? But my, but my mom and dad would flirt with kind of getting back together like yeah. during my childhood and every time and they used to like laugh about it they'd be like right. you're the only kid who doesn't want their parents to get together right but like whenever that would happen as a kid i would be like what are you doing Dude, right quit. i was like this this ain't it yeah larry, leave mom yeah larry, get the fuck out of here this, larry, this don't hit you're fucking lying to each other like larry miller the whole used time, to have that I was joke like, don't 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 pretend to do this there's a lot of those couples in our and i mean 
my wife kind of still does her parents are divorced and there's always that will they won't they are they going to still get back together and her like, parents are like that no 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 it her parents are divorced and I, I think at first when they first got divorced there was this like oh they'll they'll work it out you know what i mean and it's like that there's that fucking larry miller joke that i love so much about he goes you see these people that get divorced and then they remarry the same person he goes that's like going to the fridge grabbing the milk and going oh this milk's bad yeah maybe it'll be better tomorrow you know what yeah. i'm saying and like that is such a great example of like so many things i saw as a kid of like these parents is like dude yes Okay, does it suck that now you have two Christmases? 100%. But, like, you have to see that it was not fucking good. And I saw it so much in the church because in the church there were so many unhappy people that were married and they could not get divorced because of God, you know? And, like, their kids had very bad uh, uh, um uh, they ended up having very bad relationships with women because like they they had a bad example at home because their parents fucking hated each other but they were like we so, have to it doesn't matter we, we it's better to stay together and hate for god this is fascinating to me we had like literally you didn't know that like you we, didn't no, know that was had, a thing we had literally the exact opposite yeah. experience yeah i'd love divorce like, i think I it's great I, I, my I'm parents like, were yeah. divorced when i was 11 same thing good stuff feel, right well, in hindsight for sure in hindsight i mean if I they never, had stayed it's like together that Louis bit. he's horrible. like no good marriage has ever ended in divorce right it's like it's never but, happened but i'm saying i never questioned divorce. it's like i said to me it's like that's the other thing that happens oh. after you get married. Oh, eventually you just get divorced. That's just what oh. happens. And I thought about it later, like as an adult, it was like, oh, people can stay together, and that's nice. But for you, it was like, no, people stay together. That's what happens. And but it's they ought to get divorced. People should get divorced. I, I'm just saying, like, there are definitely people who, to me, it's not a great story that they weathered the storm right. sometimes they, they should have percent should have fucking called it and yeah. now now it's like yeah you're both 68 you can't start over you know but like i do i don't I, know there's some 68 year old whores out there for you sure know, you, yeah that's true get, you can get jacked off I'm by madonna, madonna buddy yeah. can you yeah and but <laughs> madonna's like I'm not, 70 i'm not gonna say the people that this happened to because they're very very good friends of mine and i don't want to do that but like i remember my first divorce like of, my friends of my friends okay. like super close friends and they were see that's so wild and they were you, like to you that's a experience that stands out to yeah. you you uh, remember the first time that happened yeah. i'm saying like we took it for granted yeah nobody's parents yeah. were together well these were like everybody's parents these were, divorced. were like super close friends and also in the church and the reason that it was such a big deal was because of the church aspect because i don't know if you know this in the, I'm about to teach you something about divorce. In the Southern Baptist community, you know what a deacon is? It's like a cardinal. It's like a cardinal. Somebody that hits in the church. Yeah, it's like it's like if the somebody hits but less than the pastor. Yeah, or it's God. like if the if the pastor was the pope, they're cardinals. That's what it is. Okay, that's All what right. it is. They're deacons. They're yeah, there. Yeah, okay, they're yeah, there yeah. to be the fucking like uh the the toughs for the mob guy. You know what I mean? They're the yeah. they're the soldiers. Well, in the Baptist church, if, so if you've been jacking off, you got to go through the deacon before you get to the pastor. Without question, the deacon's gonna be like, "Stop jacking, stop off. jacking off." But if you just keep jacking off, maybe he'll elevate it to the pastor. Yeah, I mean, you got yeah. it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, you yeah, got yeah. it. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so, if you are a deacon, and then you get divorced, you are not a deacon anymore. Really? Yes. And by the way, and this is what this was the hardest lesson as well. Even if you didn't want to get the divorce. 
Like if your wife just leaves you, you're out. You're out. Yeah. Like even if you were like, no, no, I don't want the divorce. I'm not signing off on this. Like you don't get to be a deacon anymore. And that happened to a person at our church who was a very fucking good friend of mine who loved this church. And they were like, yeah, you're gone. And then like, I, so, so my first experience with divorce also had that connotation to it. And it was like, then it then that also was one of my experiences with going wait maybe fuck the church because i was like wait y'all turn your back on this guy who still does all the shit that you want him to do and still loves god and still loves this church but his wife wanted to not be there anymore and so now he can't do this and i was like that's fucked up this is fucked up but that was but also we had to grapple with the fact of like are they sinning is this a sin? Oh my God. Are my best friends sinning? Yeah. You know, like it was really a traumatic, but that's all because of the church. And this is why I crusade against that shit. Against the church. Sure. And Which for divorce. Hit. Yeah. Against the church for divorce. And now I'm pro divorce. Divorce hits. Divorce hit. Church don't hit. I love divorce, dude. Divorce hits. I don't I hope my wife doesn't divorce me, but I'm glad she knows that it's an option. But if she does, you'll be like, oh, it's. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Yeah. You know okay. what I mean? So, all right. Fancy people, they get divorced. I feel like there was a... The reason I even thought about covering this is because there was a rash of fancy people divorces during the pandemic. Yeah. Right? The Bill Bezos. and Melinda Gates, Bezos, fucking... Uh, I forgot about the Gates. The uh, Kanye, Kanye and Kim. Yeah. The, all those happened relatively close to each other. Yeah. So it so it seemed like... It all happens in threes. So it seemed like fancy people are getting divorced a lot. Yeah. So you think, you look up, do fancy people get divorced more than regular people? And not really, but it's around the same rate. Seems like they're, they're more just public be, when it being happens. together just don't hit at the same level yeah. for anybody, whether yeah. you're rich or not. But like... I would say when you're poor, you have more of a, we got to stick together attitude. You and do. when you're rich, you're like, I could do anything else. So, well, apparently divorce is more common in economic booms than in economic downturns because people start hitting and they're like i could get you that. know what she don't hit. yeah i could get that she would hit i right. think i get that in, a economic, bit. in economic downturns people are more inclined to stick together because they're like we gotta weather this fucking storm yeah chris right? pratt started being in fucking mcu movies and he was like i'm gonna fuck a kennedy you right. know what i mean like that type of shit happens yes it does so, and apparently with rich people, it's like, so the number one thing that causes divorce amongst all relationships is money, right? Mm -hmm. Arguing yeah. about yeah. money. But with rich people, it has to do with like, usually there's one person who's rich and who hits, you know? And it's hard for the other person who which, doesn't hit. Which person in not, the relationship is that normally? You know, man, okay. most, most of the time, yeah. yeah. Uh but also, not only do they hit and the other person don't hit, <laughs> but they're also they're also gone a lot because people right. that are rich they got other shit like they're fucking they're business out, trip they're we out do this thing. and all this yeah. stuff and they grow apart and you can't fucking you know whatever, yeah. so that causes them to get divorced. But when they get divorced, it's like a whole other level of divorce it's like a business dissolving they have to it is yeah it's exactly like a business dissolving they literally have to bring in like three or four different types of lawyers there's right. like tax lawyers and estate lawyers right. and all these different types of lawyers that they need to make sure that shit works the way it's supposed to rich people also try to keep it out of court they try to um settle 
they try to settle because they don't want the peasants knowing what because you get that, into right. court and it's like public record which which happened to Johnny Carson every fucking time and they don't want the peasants knowing right what's going on with that right because then right. they have to see their money where their taxes shit go right. like where yeah, what everything's being split yes so uh I looked up so I got some some stories, some divorce stories. I got one rich person story, and then I got a bunch of trash stories. Which good. Is, That's a good quotient. Listen to how this is very raven, this rich person divorce story. I'm going to read you. So, uh, a prenup certainly would have come in handy for oil tycoon Harold Ham. I fucking bet it would have. <laughs> yes. Yeah. who spent years in court <laughs> unwinding his marriage to his second wife, Sue Ann Arnall. In 2015, he wrote her a check for $974,974,790,317.77. Jesus, God. She deposited that check, but then continued to fight in court for a higher amount. Bitch. $1 billion, that ain't it. I need no. more than that. An appeals court ruled that Sue Ann had agreed to the settlement by signing... Is that an- that some bitch right there? Hell, I guess. Apparently. God, that's a ham if I ever seen it. An appeals court ruled that Sue Ann had agreed to the settlement by signing and depositing the check. So she took her millions and funded a pack, a super pack, that unseated the judge who oversaw My the divorce. God. Dude. How fucking rich people shit that is, is that? That is succession she shit. She took that money and funded a super PAC that unseated the judge that pissed her off by saying, hey, a billion dollars is enough. You kind of can't deny that she deserves that money, like, intellectually-wise. Like, that's a fucking smart-ass motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like, all that shit, like, blows my mind because, like, I've like you. I, you saw the shit that Johnny Carson went through, like with all his divorces. And I've always thought, and I've, I've even, and this is stupid, but I've told Amber this. I was like, listen, if you ever leave me, I won't keep it real fucking simple. Just leave me enough to live on for six months. Take the rest, and I'll make it back. Just don't like, because I <laughs> but will don't take none of that. Just, just, but right, just I'll make it. You can have literally everything. I know I'm, you know, I know how to make it. I'll make it back. We don't need to deal with none of this shit. But like, if you write a check to someone for, look at that check. There's the check. Yeah. For nine hundred and seventy-four million fucking dollars. Like, look at that. My man had to make a whole new line underneath the fuck. Yeah. Damn. Fill out. He didn't put anything in the memo, which may have fucked him. Like you got to put four. Being a bitch. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That dumb whore. Yeah. Yeah. You got to at least put that in the fucking memo. But like, God damn, son. That shit. Imagine writing a check for almost a billion dollars and having her be like, Mm-mm. "That ain't it. That ain't it. I'm gonna need you to come with more, dude." Like, that's fucking crazy. That's and I mean, obviously, she thought she had. Imagine having that much money to just give someone, and then being a judge and being like, "No, a billion dollars is enough." Right, and then losing your job yeah. because she created a CPAC. Dedicated entirely to saying you don't have. How much and money you can't did she spend job? on that shit? That's what I'm saying, dude. 
had to be a lot. God damn, but man. Did, buddy, people got to send a message. That's what divorce is about, about send- sending a message. Yes. So it's like the fucking you Joker. It's like the Joker burning the it's, money. It's not about the money. It's about sending a message. Right. That's what so many of them do. So, she kind of looks like the Joker, if I'm being so, honest. So, but also fucking a lot of really rich people that get divorced it's relatively amicable because I guess a lot of times the other party you hit, I hit, split it, let's go the other party is like, you know what 64 billion dollars that'll work well, like, like melinda gates well, because, or fucking because mckenzie like, whatever the fuck her name is from jeff bezos well, like with bill gates like, like say they're what like you will. i can handle that well, i can handle 40 billion dollars well, say what you will about bill and melinda gates but like it's on record that like every year bill gates gave away so much of his fucking money right. to charity because Bill Gates has the type of money and the type of IP that continually makes him money that he knows, yeah, it's going to come back, so it's what the fuck ever. So, like, I can understand, which, honestly, that's kind of the reason that I'd forgotten about their whole divorce, because it did seem kind of amicable. They were just like, yeah, we ain't really hitting, but, like, with, I, I would I would probably say, I don't know this to be true, but I bet you they still run a charity together. They do. Yeah, like, no, they, they still have a working do. relationship. Like, they you know, do. David Arquette and fucking Courtney Cox still have a production team together? Yeah, well, I mean, dude, a lot of them are still cool right like somehow. you hit i hit you know brad and jennifer like they're like look we're good no brad and jennifer's like a or well no brad and angelina, angelina but brad and jennifer's whole yeah, thing yeah. like they still were just like whatever like you'll still go make your money i'll make my money we're so okay you know divorce stuff yeah, a little bit yeah okay i know like All white right. women divorce shit so so that's fancy people getting divorced regular ass trash people they get divorced too and the stories from that who gets these beans yes so (laughs) let's get into it i found some funny divorce stories that are more in that vein so i'm gonna read some of them to you so these are all from divorce attorneys right yeah all right i had a husband and wife go to -to toe-to-toe over an ashtray they bought in vegas they spent nearly five thousand dollars for me and another attorney to duke it out in court over this ashtray Prior to the proceeding, like I ex- not one that their kid made in kindergarten. No, they <laughs> bought it in Vegas. <laughs> Prior to the proceeding, I explained that the cost uh, to argue over something like that would be far more than what it was worth, and that my client could give me twenty five hundred dollars, <laughs> and I could fly to Vegas and buy an identical yeah. ashtray instead of doing this. He said he didn't care about the cost because he intended to smash it on the courthouse steps in front of her if he won. We won, and he followed through with the smashing. He laughed and said the look on her face was worth infinitely more than $2,500. It's about sending sending a a message, message, dude. Yeah, baby. This guy was like, no, I'll pay you $10,000. To, to fucking make that bitch hurt. Like, oh, I just felt yeah. like his dedication to, I'm a, when you win this ashtray for me, I'm going to explode it yeah. on the steps in front of her yeah. just to send her a message about how much she don't hit. Which, by the way, we can totally, I identify with that. And I know that you identify with that because you literally did that one time. 
Like, I'm not going to tell the whole fucking story because I don't want to indict us. But one time what, we what were working. One time we were working with, let's just call it a publishing company. All right. And oh. we, on their dime, went to a hotel and spent upwards of $3,000 on their tab. They then had a problem with that, even though they had told us before, this is an open tab, spend whatever the fuck you want. They kept hounding us about it. And you sent an email back, very drunk, because I was with you, that said, tell them I'll give them 6000 if they'll just shut, shut the, the fuck up. up. Yeah. And you meant it. So I get that. It's about sending a message. Yeah. All right. Here's another one. I once represented a husband divorcing his wife of over 35 years. At mediation, they divided up about a half a million dollars in assets within 30 minutes, no problem. They then spent two and a half hours fighting over two hurricane glasses from Pat O'Brien's in New Orleans <laughs> and a pitchfork. <laughs> The wife told the mediator that she really wanted that pitchfork because it was a gift from her daddy. The husband stated they bought it at Home Depot two years yeah. ago, you dumbass. <laughs> they settled at mediation after spending over $100,000 in attorney fees combined for the glasses and the pitchfork. They remarried three months after that. I'm sitting here thinking, you know, I told you all this stuff about how, like, uh, if me and Amber got divorced, I'd want it to be amicable. But I do think I understand that, like, if me and her got divorced and she goes, but I want that Joe Diffie shirt you're wearing right now. You'd be like, that ain't happening. I would spend $5,000 in court right. to get this Joe Diffie shirt that yeah. I could have recreated for $25 yeah. because yeah. that wouldn't have been the one that you gave you me for take Christmas. the dog. You, but you leave, leave me, me my, my Diffie shirt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I get it. You're, you know, you're emotional. You got to draw a line in the sand, yeah. dude. At some point, fucking. Uh, all right. So here's another one. My client's husband cheated on her with another woman, and he took some pictures of the penetration. Oh, Jesus! She found these pictures on his computer, but his face was not in them. So during a deposition, I asked, I asked him if the penis in the photos did, in fact, belong to him. Yeah. And he said he couldn't say. <laughs> so I don't know my dick from a hole in the ground. So, so when I pressed him on why he could not identify his own penis, he claimed that exposure to Agent Orange in <laughs> Vietnam caused him to have memory problems. It's like, hey, why don't you know what your dick looks like, ma'am? That my ain't my dick. dick. <laughs> That's so fucking funny. Dude, fucking ma'am, dude. Somebody goes, sir, is this your dick? And he goes, you weren't there. Yeah. God. <laughs> Damn it. I got to ask my dad about that. You should. He's, Just call your dad and be like, Dad, stuff, if yeah. I put six pictures of dicks, could you pick yours out of the lineup? <laughs> and by the way, thank you for your service. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Dude, yeah. Fucking <laughs> nam. Good excuse for anything, seems like. Oh, dude, for sure. I was just watching uh, No Country for Old Men, and there's that scene where, like, uh, Josh Brolin's character's, like, coming across the uh, border, and they're like, I can't just let you in. And he's like, wait, were you in Nam? And he goes, yeah, two tours, blah, blah. And he's like, all right, fucking pass it on. I'm like, yeah, I could, like, pretty much, if I'm talking to a dude, and he says some racist shit that I don't agree with, but then after, he's like, I'm sorry, I was man, in I was in Nam. I'm like, all right. Well, well what are you going to do? What are you going to do? He, <laughs> was, in gonna, he was in Nam. What are you going to do? He was in Nam. Yeah, man. 
Yeah. Yeah. At the time, it wasn't the get out of jail free card we think of it today. But like, yeah, I mean, I fucking get it. You know what I mean? You did a thing. Yeah. You got any thoughting parts? No, just that I hope my wife fucking stays with me forever because I don't want to deal with any of that shit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, buddy, if I like, if I get, if me and Katie get divorced, if Katie leaves you, she taking me for every, all for of sure. it, dog. Well, it, ain't, it ain't no doubt in my mind. I, I done it already. No, like she got me over a barrel. Well, actually, like, I'm getting if, raked because if she ever leaves me because of Amber. She knows that too. Because of she what 100% knows because that. of what Amber's <laughs> getting left, like from her dad and all the property and stuff. I'd be totally fine with split down the middle. <laughs> Like, if you want to like, cool. It's like, she actually hits harder than me. So I'm like, yeah, let's just, <laughs> yeah, let's we just, don't, we ain't got that. Let's just do that shit. But like, no, man, uh, it was very interesting to hear that we had completely inverse views on that, specifically because of religion, which I think will probably end up becoming like a thread through a lot of our like seeing shit the, the opposite way. But yeah, no, divorce, in my opinion, um, it sucks if it happens to a good relationship but again as louis said that's never happened so it's just it's just like why would you think that that would last the, the divorce rate being 53 percent or whatever the fuck it is i'm like yeah that checks out so even though i grew up thinking divorce was the most normal thing in the world still again through Katie and everything, I reframed the way I look at divorce. Like I said, I was like, oh, you don't necessarily have to get divorced. Yeah. So with that in mind, we moved to L.A. I went to a live podcast recording at a comedy club out here, a comedy club. But in the live podcast recording, the guest was one of the hittenest uh, divorce attorneys in all, in all of Los at Angeles. Largo, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and she was up there talking about how she's representing all these people in divorce. And she's like the best divorce attorney around. And then she goes into this whole thing where she's like, she's like, and you know, I started noticing like poor people, they don't hit. And, <laughs> Accurate. And, and things, <laughs> things don't hit for them. At all. Poor people. Yeah. And I felt bad. Common theme. I felt bad. So what I've done in order to give back to the community, yeah. what I've done is I've developed an iPhone app where you can get divorced. I swear to God, she's like, where you can get divorced on your iPhone. Anyone can swipe. get divorced. And just she's being swipe, right? she's being totally sincere, totally up her own ass. And everybody's just sitting there listening to her. And I'm the only person. I'm in the back horse laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she's course. like, you know what? I've developed an app. And I was just like, what? <laughs> what the fuck? Like laughing my ass off. And... That upset her so much, hearing yeah. me laugh, that she just left the uh, stage. She just so walked right. off and left. Yeah. Because she expected everybody to, I don't know, give her a fucking standing ovation yeah. for making it easier to get a divorce. Which, I'm by so the way, she proved my point. When things aren't going well, leave. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, where I'm sitting there thinking like, this is the decay of Western civilization. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what this yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it didn't hit for her and she left. And that's good. Fuck her. I don't give a fuck. Fuck her. She got a fucking house in the hills. Three of them, probably. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. Anyway. All right. Professor Cho. We will be right back after this with a Professor Cho history lesson. Lesson. With a lesson. Yeah. Sean Connery. Sean, given the history. A lesson of. Yeah, a lesson of William Shakespeare. Nice. That's good shit. Yeah. William Shakespeare, the bard, right after this. 
Hey, y'all, listen up. CBD, it ain't about what you feel. It's about what you don't feel. Things mm-hmm. like stress, anxiety, pain, sleeplessness, all kinds of stuff that you would like to eradicate from your life in a healthy manner. And for that purpose, we can talk to you about feels. Feels is a better way to feel better. Feels is a premium CBD that will help you keep your head clear and feel your very, very best. It's hassle-free and delivered directly to your door. If you don't know about CBD, it naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness with absolutely no hangover or addiction. Corey, you're a big CBD proponent. Oh, yeah, I have been for as soon as I pretty much, well, I won't say as soon as I heard about it. I was a little trepidatious um, just because I was like, ah, you know, there, there's no way something could really actually relieve my anxiety and help me fall asleep that's not going to make me feel sluggish the next day and that's not true because cbd does that and uh yeah there is no hangover but speaking of hangover by the way if you do have a hangover i highly suggest a little bit of cbd that's one of the things that i use it for all you gotta do is place a couple of drops of feels under your tongue and you feel the difference within minutes and the thing to remember about cbd is that finding your right dose is important so feels offers a cbd hotline to help guide your personal experience so that you can find the perfect dose the feels customer service team is dedicated to making sure you have the best use of your cbd joining the fields monthly membership makes your self-care easy you'll save money on every order and you can pause or cancel every time tell them how to do it trey that's right sounds like it hits to me so here's what you do you need to start feeling better with feels so become a member today by going to feels.com slash poa and you'll get 50 percent off your first order with free shipping that's f-e-a-l-s.com slash slash POA to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Feels.com slash POA. Start feeling better with Feels right now. We appreciate them sponsoring the podcast. Are you feeling stuck making minimum payments on your credit card debt? Savewithconrad.com can help and you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this. NMLS number 65084 equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Get rid of your credit card debt and lower your monthly payments right now at SaveWithConrad.com. All right, Professor Cho, we're talking about Shakespeare. Uh huh. I, you know, what can I say about Shakespeare? I guess I would compare him to a summer's day. I knew you I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, that's it. Let's that's, just go from there. That's actually a wonderful thing that I'm so glad that you immediately said, uh, because according to the Oxford Dictionary, Trey, he has written close to a tenth of the most quoted lines ever written in English. So the fact, Hon- dude, honestly, that a might be tenth low. Seems yeah. low to me. Yeah. No, like, eight, I, a tenth. Like he's not the tenth. No, I know. Like, I yeah. know. No, but, I'm saying, yeah. Like, yeah, I, but like, like to this day, a tenth of what comes out of motherfuckers' mouths is like a William Shakespeare quote or mm-hmm. something that. And I would say that like a lot of times, it's people don't even realize that they're fucking doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like there, there's. There's definitely at least a group of people on earth who say to be or not to be and don't really know that it's William Shakespeare. Like, it's just a thing that they say and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, well, all right. I was. I just love staring at you and feeling 
the moment of when this you're one about to time say before me and Katie met, I was a uh, fucking uh, partying with some friends, and I was out in Nashville, and the girl working the front desk at the hotel we were at, her name was Sonnet. Oh yeah, there you go. And uh, she introduced herself, and you know I had the chin strap at the time. Chin strap, played. Chin strap played. played. Yeah. Chin strap played. Yeah. And uh, and I saw her. Uh, her name tag and I was like, Oh, Sonnet, um, I bet you get compared to a summer's day a lot. And she was like, What the fuck are you talking about? No, she was like, What's going on? What are you doing later? And I, it I'm worked? Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, nice. So like she got the reference? She absolutely got I'm sure she got I guess she just like got that a lot. I guess she just rolled with everybody whoever said that yeah, yeah because yeah. that's the easiest thing to say well i was definitely but it expected, worked, i was so, expecting uh, you to be like she said what the fuck are you talking about no 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 it worked like a charm yeah but so shakespeare born in the uh 1500s you know pretty wild time i would say to be born <laughs> yeah, yeah you know like yeah. not a lot of good shit going on no one, no. one thing that I wanted to discuss fucking tuberculosis next to a goose. That's what happened. <laughs> yeah. You what what was your what's your line? You pluck a goose pluck, in the mud and cough to death. Pluck a goose in the mud for forty years and then cough to death. Well, that was yeah. pretty much what That's was what going you on did back then. in Shakespeare's world. And this is something that I think that like me and you have definitely probably talked about. I think most like artists have probably like at some point took solace in this fact. But it's something that I don't know that a lot of people know. Did you know that, like, William Shakespeare was, like, did not have a good Rotten Tomato score? Like, yeah. Did you know? <laughs> like, yes. That's no. the best way I can put it, but no, it's true. No, his shit... His shit at the time was like Joe Dirt, like the Adam the, Sandler yes, <laughs> movies of yes, his time, right? It was. They were like they were the things working made man for stuff. dipshits. Yeah, yeah. Like that's a hundred percent true. But like it's just one of those things. Dude, where like, how wild is it to think of the possibility in that two thousand years? Two, well, not two thousand. Well, right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, in yeah. a few hundred years from now, yeah. that people could be looking at fucking Billy Click Madison or whatever yeah. by Adam Sandler. For the record, that, Click's a good movie. Click fucking rolls. It's a great dude. movie. I love Adam now, Sandler. Now, like, right, me and you are not the two people to sit here and like we are going to defend Adam Sandler to the death. But it's wild to think about college courses being right. taught about right. Adam Sandler movies. But like, that's or something, a that is know? a like a pretty real possibility because that's what happened with shakespeare yeah i mean, yeah. I mean no for sure i mean like he, dude, honestly i could totally say click being the shakespeare of that movie's like we dude, obviously click can't get in fucking we, awesome. we obviously can't get into it right now but that movie not only was awesome it was like kind not only ahead of its time but also like such a departure from the sandler sphere dude, that i don't you. think people really appreciated it Buddy, enough i got i had just gone through a breakup tears i had just gone tears. through a breakup and also got very high before watching click for the yeah. first time and i cried my fucking i that movie shook yeah. me to my core dude dog. that that uh <laughs> that movie sean, fucked me uh, up in a good way sean astin yeah or whatever who's yeah. uh in lord of the rings and yeah, also yeah. rudy rudy yeah, he yeah. fucking crushes in that movie but also like i, I really empathize with that it, character he's, that's uh that's 50 first dates right he's in that too but he's also in click he's marissa tomei's second husband in Click. oh you're right you're yeah right, you're right, you're uh, right. bill or bob yeah, or something like right. that you're yeah right, yeah you're right. trust yep. me 
I know Click. Yeah. I'm very familiar with most of the Sandler universe. But yeah, no, like, honestly, that's a pretty good... That's actually... That's probably the perfect... Adam Sandler is the William Shakespeare of our time. But, like, yeah, he was 100% panned by the critics back in those days. He was kind of like the working man's... Dude, what what were critics... It's wild to me they even what had for critics them. back... Well, yeah. Was, well, like, what... What were they doing? Like, what critics were? Where were they putting their shit out? Like, there's no, there was no internet. There was town no, criers. Yeah, they were just. Like, it doesn't hit. It doesn't hit. It so does not hit. Hear ye, hear ye. It does not hit. hit. It doesn't hit. But what's also interesting <laughs> about that is like you know we talk about now like the difference between like the Rotten Tomatoes score and like what the audience score is. And, like, usually, if I see a movie that got, like, 30% on Rotten Tomato, but the audience score is 90%, I'm it's like... It's probably funny as fuck. And awesome. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. that's... Now, sometimes it'll be, like, you know, the Rotten Tomato score is 50%, and the audience score is 70%, and I'm like, eh, that's not enough. But, like, usually, if the audience loves it and the critics hate it, I'm like, this is about to be my fucking shit. But the thing about the audience back then for William Shakespeare was that it wasn't necessarily just the common man. He was beloved by the king and the queen. Like these were people who like the king would put would have William Shakespeare put on specific plays like just for him. And he was like loved by the king. And I just feel like like maybe, you know, if you're looking at like the Trump administration or something like that, like whatever he liked doesn't necessarily mean it was really good, but like, in order for the king and queen to like give their fucking stamp of approval, you gotta think like it's gotta be you know pretty fucking good. And of course, like, I mean, yeah, dude. But Trump being our most recent president, yeah, definitely hurts that argument. I know. I'm sure Trump is like the James Woods. Rudy Giuliani I, movie. Yeah, Trump right. is like, this is it. And, this, and is I mean, this is this it. And I mean to That's balance you need to say. and to balance that out <laughs> a little bit, I don't really give a fuck what Joe Biden likes either. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like if Joe Biden was like praised a movie, I'd be like, I bet it might not hit for me. Like I have no fucking like, idea. Green oh, Book, thank you, Russ. Green Book probably really hit for Joe Biden. I bet it did, and I've not seen that movie. Honestly, hell, that movie ain't bad. Yeah, I mean that movie got a lot of undeserved shit, but I don't want to. Well, first yeah, off, I, I yeah, wanna, I don't want to. We won't get into that. But a movie, podcast. a movie being problematic does not mean that I won't like it. You know what I'm saying? Like, matter of fact, it goes the complete opposite way. Did you know that he also acted? Like, he was also an actor in some no. of his play. I didn't either, which means he must have sucked. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, well, I don't know. What it's not like we know the most hidden actor of that time. Like whoever the George Clooney was of 1583, we don't know who the fuck that was. I know, but he all, could have smashed. Uh, I feel all like. All I'm and we saying is know. the fact that I had to find in my learnings that William Shakespeare also act. Like you'd think if he was really great at it, it would have been brought up from time to time that like, and he also was a tremendous. I don't know. Yeah, no, you're right. You're I right. think it was probably one of those things, like, you know, one of those comedians that book shows just so that they can do the show. Like, that might have been the situation with Shakespeare. Um, <laughs> here's another. You, you know what the fuck I'm saying. I do, but here's, it's funny to think about, like, like he wrote The Tempest. Right. Just, just so to he cast himself on stage yeah, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah, doing yeah. Bringer, bringer yeah. shows. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly Shakespeare. Right. Shakespeare Bringer shows where he brought the fucking queen. So this is another thing that I found that was very interesting about Shakespeare. So he lived 
uh, what some would consider maybe a double life. So London, obviously the big city, the New York of the pond area, I guess. That's their new... <laughs> you know what no, I mean? The, the pond is the ocean. Oh, yeah. They're across the pond. Okay, it's the New York... London is not in the pond uh, area. Okay. England is not the pond. Russ, maybe cut that. Yeah. I don't know. So, I don't know ponds from lakes. So London is the big city where he did don't cut it, obviously. London is the big city where like he did his plays and stuff like that. And of course, in London, he was a super famous guy. Like William Shakespeare couldn't like it. Look at that fucking guy right there. Like you know what that guy looks like. He looks pimp. he was super famous. But where he was from, which was Stratford, which was like a small town. A Pont Avon, I believe. Pont Avon. Yeah. yeah. Pont Avon. Excuse me, a pony. Yeah, pony Vaughn. Where he thought French didn't hit for them. Um, I, feel I think like they took French words and they were like, "Eh, don't hit to be all French about it. Let's make it different sounding." You know, it's funny that you say that because there are a lot of words in like that English actually say where I'm like, that seems like the opposite of how you would say it. Like we here say valet, and oh, that's French, and they say valet. Right. Which it seems like we would say valid. I feel like because they were like, fuck the right, French. French don't hit. Holy shit, I've never thought about that. So I don't think they would ever say a pony the, the first time like, I saw Downton Abbey and they called the valet the valet, I was like, wait, that sounds like how my dad would pronounce it if he never heard it before. You know what I'm saying? So you're right. They fucking take that. Well, that's a French don't hit. French don't hit. That's a completely different podcast. But he so obviously in London, he was super popular for writing plays. This fucking dude couldn't shake a stick without he. You know what I mean? He. But in Stratford, where he was actually from, nobody really even like knew that about him. He was famous there, but for being like a businessman and a property owner because like what he did was like he took his play money and then back home like he bought up a bunch of houses he bought up like i guess restaurants and stuff like that so people there were just like yeah it's bill you know bill's got a fucking lot of houses and a lot of property and he rents some shit out and he's got a restaurant but like they didn't like in his hometown he wasn't really william shakespeare you know what i'm saying which is something that could happen back then because the internet didn't I, I, yeah, exist. Yeah, I was, I was about to say, that's wild to think about. Like, you, you can't really have that no, no, anymore. No. no, absolutely not. Like, you, there's no there's no such thing as, like, anonymity now. Like, I watch, like, you know, mob shows where, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go, like, you know, leave the life and then go move to a city where nobody knows me. And I'm like, yeah, you kind of can't. Like, there's always a camera. There's always a fucking, like, whatever. But, like, he kind of did that. Like, where his summer home back in his place, like... They kind of just was like, oh, yeah, I guess. Bill. Honestly, I bet you there's a lot of people in my hometown who don't really have Twitter, who know that I'm a comedian and know that I do stuff, but don't really maybe know the extent to what the fuck no, I'm doing. No, they know you're a queer, dude. <laughs> but They yeah. all know you're a queer. That's that's accurate. They do. But, but that was a thing for uh, for Bill Shakespeare. And another thing that's wild to me about Shakespeare is that did you know that back first off he didn't have anything published until he was dead what how is that possible nothing. he was clearly doing the plays and shit he was doing the plays and shit but nothing was actually like published like nothing was like on record the only time that he was ever published how did 
How did they do that accurately after the fact well, I'm about once to, he died? Well, I'm about to give you a couple things that's going to fuck you up because this fucked me up. So he was not published. It was only after... Oh, what are these two fucking dudes' names? So I've written them down here in my goddamn... Oh, yeah. His plays were never actually published in his lifetime. After he died, John Hemmings and Henry Condell, who were two of his, like, main actors in his, like, uh, uh, what's it called? The theater company or whatever. After he died, they took some transcripts or whatever and actually got it published, which are, like, all of the William Shakespeare books that you read today on his life's work come from these two dudes taking what they did... Because they were like in all the shit. They took what they did, transcribed it, and that is the Shakespeare that we see today. Another interesting thing about that, Trey, is that back then, and this is a huge reason, back then there was no such thing as copyright laws. They didn't yeah, exist. of course. That didn't happen until Disney showed up, right? Okay. Until Mickey Mouse said, hey, you I don't, can't be doing the shit I don't that know I do. Ex- I don't know exactly when it showed up, but this is an interesting parallel between the Shakespeare world and how we live today. So because there was no such thing as copyright laws, Shakespeare actors, it spent, when he really started hitting and realized that people were like copying his shit and stuff like that, because they would. They would just like, like old vaudevillian actors that would just like, you know, take an act and just fucking do their thing. He started doing a thing where actors in Shakespeare plays didn't even get their lines until the play was actually going on. Which, by the way, like, here's what would happen. He would just be like, you're doing a play, this is the character you're playing. And what they would do is the characters, like the people playing this, would be so close to the curtain, and people behind the curtain would whisper their lines to them. What? And, and do you know? do you know what that's similar to? Do you remember what happened in the last season of Game of Thrones? In the last season of Game of Thrones, they were so worried that the scripts were going to get like leaked to the press and shit. They put them through their that they, ears. That they had earpieces. I've heard that Johnny Depp does that all yeah. the time. They had earpieces, and the actors would not know their lines, and they would get them read to them. Which, by the way, really explains a lot about the last season of fucking Game of Thrones. But like, I remember reading that thing, and like, that's insane. Like, what a new, what a very new, insane thing this is that surely has never happened before. But fucking Shakespeare would literally have people behind the curtain whispering to the actors so that nothing was ever recorded and shit like that. So he had... So How would anybody have recorded it? He had the only transcript. He didn't give the script to the actors. Yeah, but... So that they could then copy them and give them to other people. I know, but you could still do that. Again, this is before fucking recorders were a thing so you couldn't have done that beforehand but you could be but if you get at the first showing you could be at the first showing hypothetically and fucking write down everything everybody says that's true but he didn't want to give his actors like a script for them to then pass on to some fucking town crier or whatever like obviously all that stuff could happen but he was just like trying to present prevent it the in the the most effective way that he could so, like, because of that, like, he would... Yeah, but I feel like that's not... I no, feel it's like stupid. That's left, it's I'm to not, the detriment of your play. I say, if you're watching a play... No, I agree with you. somebody standing on stage and they're like... Two, four, the summer's night. The fa, the fa, the fa, and then they're like... And somebody behind them is like... Pss, 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 pss. 
there goes for the, the record the fair maiden on the fucking you for know, the record like, I agree with you that would make it worse and it wasn't worth it yeah but that's literally what they did in Game of Thrones which like is the same thing well yeah no I know I know like that those actors now. weren't able to take those lines and like be with them you know what I mean like they were literally just reciting shit like I agree with you like it's not ultimately worth what you end up getting but like that's what the fuck he was doing because he was so paranoid about his shit getting out there and people copying it and saying like this is my play and it was actually a fucking shakespeare play like that's a thing that's fucking wild yeah dude. no it's fucking like super wild also how old do you think he was when he wrote his last play well, this was back at a time when, again, you plucked a goose in the mud for 40 right. years and then coughed to death at the age of 40. Uh, back then, 14-year-olds were 39. No, I bet you're about 14-year-olds to... were f fucking 52. I bet you're about to get this exactly then. right. No, I'm not. How old was he when he wrote what? His, his last, last play? play? Yeah, his last play. 31. Ah, 49. Oh, that's way older than I, I thought. Right, I thought you were about to fucking nail it. No, well, was, sorry, I let you down. It was no, 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 no. I mean, I think I think thirty one is a actually no. That's that would have been wild. I mean, look at that fucking guy, like getting that fucking bald at thirty. Well, I get, buddy, back I, then. No, I know, no, I know, no, I know. You're right. He looks he looks great in this one. Okay, dude, thirty one back then. I want to quiz you on this too. That's like sixty now. Right? Easily, yeah. I want to quiz you on this too. How many? Words did he introduce to the English language? Yeah, I I don't know the number, but I know that. Can you even? I know that try he, to guess. Like try to make a guess. Eleven thousand. Oh no, that's way more. It's three thousand. Yeah, that's still insane though. Like you guessed way high, but like three thousand. Yeah, 000 but he still... like he. <laughs> that's always. I I knew that he introduced a lot of words into the English language, but it's always been funny to me that he could just be like make up words. He like, be, word. He just be like, you know, it's a word now. This and right. people be like, that's a word now. That's another thing that like when fa it's like cousin fucking like when fancy people do it, it's like oh yeah, this is now a word. Right. Whereas like rednecks make up words all the goddamn time, but people go that ain't a word. That ain't a word. Which ain't is one of yeah. those like in the example, but yeah, ort, ort, ain't. Warmers or not warmers, <laughs> yeah. Um, not only that, this is the but to me, as far as his like wordsmith goes, introducing 3,000 words is kind of actually not impressive because that's just you making shit up. What's really impressive to me is 7,000 words, 7,000 real words appear only once in his works. There are 7,000 different words that have one entry into his plays. I don't know enough about words to know that that, I mean, I there's a whole I, I lot don't even of know words. To, I know there are, but like 7,000 words appear one time yeah. in his works. I, that's that's kind of like, you remember in one of the earlier episodes when you were talking about the like folding the fucking shit and it going to the moon? Like, yeah. well, yeah, that's yeah. that to me, like with like yeah. seven, like, first yeah. off, I don't know how long it would take me to sit here and think of 7,000 unique words and then to go, okay, and all of them, I'm going to write 32 sonnets and 45 plays and all of those words will only enter them one time. I don't understand how that's possible. That's very wild. I'm sure it's nowhere near 7,000. 
I would love to know, and we will never know. No one will ever do this, and they shouldn't. But I would love to know how many unique words we have said on this podcast so far. I bet you somebody could figure that out. Airheads. Airheads. Somebody Airheads, do that. People out there in the airstream. I bet. Yep. It ain't nowhere near 7,000, but, dude, I bet it's more than you think it is. Yeah, I bet you're probably right. Email us at... It's a lot of words yeah. that don't do other word stuff. Yeah, that's true. They just true. do the one word stuff, and they come up every now and then, and they don't they don't carry a lot of word weight. Huh. You know what I mean? No, you're actually you're actually making a lot of sense for me right now. Well, this ah. motherfucker wrote a whole lot of fucking plays. There's going plays got a lot of words, dude. Plays are going to have words in them. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you like. Huh. Well, that's true. Plays no, you're do, right. Plays like, do I, have a lot of words I had, in like, them. Thought and I you, blew. Here's what's happening right now. I came into this thinking I was going to blow your mind, oh. and you've blown my mind. That's what I do, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know, Trey, that no one actually wrote by candlelight? What do you mean? Either. Ever? No. I bet at least some I mean, people wrote by candlelight. But I'm saying it wasn't, like, we think that's like a trope now. Like, all these, like, people like William Shakespeare, like, grinding it at night writing by candlelight apparently back then even the rich people candles were so expensive that like they wouldn't just stay up to waste a candle shakespeare (laughs) they wouldn't no shakespeare and his contemporaries wrote because of that shakespeare and his contemporaries actually wrote during the day and socialized at night so like the image, right? I feel the, like back then, dude, everybody did everything during the they, day. They did because like, we like, had oh, that night time. We can't do shit. No, I get it because you know light go away. Night bad time, comes in. Night time light go away. Bad come in. Yeah. we can't do no good. Yeah, because light go away. But that's we, how people were back then. I feel like Don't you it's, think that's how people it's true. Were? But like that picture right there, like we have that image of like a William yeah, Shakespeare. Yeah, no, you're right. Because like artists right. are normally night owls and yeah. stuff like that. So we have, but like that apparently wasn't really a thing. Like he got, like he he had more of like a normal human being schedule, and then at night he would get fucked up and you know talks with the townspeople and shit. But like that wasn't uh, really a thing. And the last thing that I want to talk about about William Shakespeare, which I think really um, has a lot in common with, well, honestly, this podcast, for instance, is that between 1592 and 1594, all theaters across London, across Europe, were completely closed for two years. Would you like to know why? I'm sure you Black know. Plague. The Plague. They were closed because of the plague. And the plague didn't hit. No. And I would like to go on record right now as saying that I also don't think the plague hit. No, the plague didn't hit. The plague didn't hit. Plague, 9 11. Yeah. um, Hitler. Hitler. Did not hit. um, Child abduction. Don't hit. None of those things hit. None of those things hit. But here's the thing in 1592, people went, I. (laughs) <laughs> think that maybe we shouldn't gather in these large theaters. Right, dude. Imagine, well, imagine going back to that time and telling those people, hey, we got this potion we can put yeah. in your arm and you won't die of they the would, plague. They would love it. They would have lined to eat fucking peasants. They would. Surfs. They stayed taking potion anyways. And they would have known that it was, or, or well, I mean, not they would have known. They, would, they could have been like, hey... 
It's a witch who's got some anti-plague potion. Get it. They would have been like, where's this witch at? Give me that anti-plague potion. Yeah. I'm tired of all my kids dying. And then somebody would you be know? like, I think she gave it to a horse. Should yeah. we do that? And be like, eh, what are you going to do? Whatever. Give it to the horse. That's fine. Well, that was a thing back then. There was the plague, and because of that, the theaters were closed down. And here's the thing that really interested me. William Shakespeare, before the plague happened, had never written a sonnet and had never written a poem. He only started writing sonnets and started writing poems because the plague happened and he was at home and he had to find some other creative outlet because he wasn't able to put people on stage. So I thought that that was a nice way to wrap up this episode because this podcast was kind of born yeah. during a plague when we were like, what are we going to do? And so that's a thing that William Shakespeare did, which means that me and you and Adam Sandler <laughs> are, the, are the William Shakespeare. We are the Williams Shakespeare yep. of our age. Yeah. That's beautiful. And, uh, Wasn't that great? There, there was, was great. one uh, I would like word, to compare that to a summer's day. There was one word that I thought was kind of cool he made up was uh, swagger. He made up swagger? I don't know. That's what this... I know he made up cunt. Unconfirmed website. Cunt, he made up cunt? Look it up. Hold on. Before we leave this episode, Russ, look it up. Professor Russ did Professor, Professor Russ. <laughs> oh, you just gave me my... Oh, we got it. We got it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that cunt is William Shakespeare. If so, that's like the... put William Shakespeare cunt. William Shakespeare cunt. There's going to be a lot of old reviews <laughs> from the 1500s. Yeah, he's a, William Shakespeare's a huge fucking cunt. If William Shakespeare did invent the word cunt, then he's my wife's favorite. William Shakespeare was a big fan of the word cunt. <laughs> okay, that doesn't mean he invented yeah. it. Get in line, but I was raised not to use foul language, so cunt is not a part of my typical language along with other things. Oh, this is like, you know. Who is this saying it might this? take me a second. Hamlet, lady, shall I lie in your lap? Oh, no, <laughs> my lord. I mean my head upon your lap. Hey, my lord! What the word "cunt"'s not in there. The word "country"'s in there. Yeah, There's not. Know. Can you just type you in? Think I meant country matters. <laughs> yeah. Can you just type in? Did William Shakespeare invent "cunt"? I thought he yeah. did. I've like, me, I've like told that. a lot of people that. Like a lot. I've told a lot of. I've Surely told. Not. I've told a lot of people that. Uh, I've and mainly uh, it was when they were like, "I can't believe you said cunt," and I was like, "You know, William Shakespeare made up cunt, right?" And they were like, "Okay." Yeah, look it up. <laughs> well, you're on pictures. There's a pill that says cunt. It's wild if he made up swagger that swagger kind of sat undisturbed. For a while, yeah. For 500 years or whatever right. before fucking Zoomers or whatever. I think it like, was You know what hits? Swagger. I think it was because like, for a while it was like to swagger about. Yeah, I'm sure. Probably, yeah. And yeah. then somebody was like, he's got a lot of... So the answer to whether or not Shakespeare invented the word cunt is both yes and no. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, however, he is chiefly responsible for common cunt euphemisms. Although the word dates back thousands of years, its use today is predominantly because of Shakespeare. Okay. I'm he popularized it. it. He at least popularized it. So if, if it wasn't for Shakespeare, the word cunt probably would have died. Yeah. So William Shakespeare invented cunt, divorce hits. And, and swagger. Uh, and Look he's at, got swagger. Look at that. And so, uh, by the way, if you think we've got swagger, please like, subscribe, tell all your friends, download, 
Uh, did I say give us a five-star review? Give us a five-star we'll review. We'll do that. And uh, we will see you next time here on Putting on Airs. Here's Lydia Loveless. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Royalty and rednecks are alike. They both like cutting and picking fights. Biscuits and baked beans where they don't belong. Sit on down with Corey and Trey and learn some fancy shit. Today we'll laugh and let leave and when they're wrong. They'll take you to a magical place where if you call someone a cut, nobody cares. They keep it debonair at putting on airs, putting on airs, putting on airs, putting on airs. What's up, airheads? Here we are. Where are we, Joe? We are here in lovely Strat upon Avon, I believe. Is the uh, is how is that? You getting hip to the lingo or something? Is that how the cool kids say it? What is it normally? Stratford upon Avon. Avon. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. So I've had a like kind of a hard I time. Like I heard you say that one well, other time, and in my head I was like, "Does he know something that I don't know?" No, I like, don't. No, I think that like you, gonna, you know, I didn't earlier going down the old SUA. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so there. yesterday, Stratties, I think they call it. Yesterday when we were at <laughs> yesterday Stradivonis, you guys know about Stradivonis. Right? Yesterday when we were at uh, when we were at the hotel and the girl was like, "What, what was your final destination?" You were like, "Strat upon Avon, Stratford upon okay. Avon," and I was like, "How do you?" Sp-? I didn't know it was the word upon. I thought like. I don't know, like Stratford upon Avon doesn't sound like a place. That sounds like a hotel at a place called Avon. You know what I'm saying? So okay. I think so it was you just thought the place was just Avon. I guess. And, and so it, Avon, we just learned this on a lovely little tour we took. So it's a river here. Yeah, right. But we were in Bath and we went over the river Avon. I was like, oh right, that's the same river. But he actually said it's not the same river. Right. Avon derives from the Latin something for river. So yeah. like they got a bunch of rivers all called Avon. This is one of them, and Stratford is upon it. Right. It sits on the river. When he said, uh, when our tour Billy Billy Shakespeare. Yeah, that's Which that's actually, what I was going to ask if he's from here or he just did his did most of his stuff here. And I I from did, here. I literally just did this episode, which is why well, it's not wild. It's actually it is kind of wild. One of the wildest coincidences uh, in POA's long and storied history so far as this week is the Professor Cho on William Shakespeare. And as you're listening to this, we are literally in Stratford upon Avon. So we thought we'd do clearing the airs from here because that's just nifty. Yeah, isn't it? Isn't we're pros. Nifty? We definitely did this on purpose. Yeah, nifty as can be. Yeah, um, whenever. Uh, I can't even think of a future. We already did Casanova. It's like we wasn't going right. to Italy for that. Like, you know, uh, it'd be wild if we tried to make all of these make sense. We, what we way. should do is figure out which <laughs> hard, episodes are places that are so far away all the time. Well, right, know? but we need but to figure out what the next couple episodes are because, like, me and you famously, amongst ourselves famously, like, we don't know until the Wednesday before the episode comes out when Russ asks us, hey, is this an okay title for the episode? And we're like, oh, right on. We talked about Shakespeare this week. So, like, yeah, it was an insane coincidence. When, when, they, when they said that, when our tour guide said Avon uh, is a word that comes from, did you think that they were going to say something about beauty? <laughs> makeup? Yeah. Avon is an old Latin word meaning makeup, makeup. lady. Yeah, makeup lady. Yeah, pyramid <laughs> scheme woman. <laughs> Uh, so no, we're here. We're having fun. I did not. I had no idea that it meant river originally or anything like that. I didn't yeah, know. But, right. I, I just thought do. it would be beauty because like yeah. Stratford upon Avon, the beautiful Stratford. I don't know, but we're here. We're about to do a proper pub crawl. We've been 
pretty well pub crawling for like eight days. I'm sort of worn out. Going to be literally crawling tomorrow because we rode horses today. How about that? Got a little wee bit of the jousting in uh, at like a trot at best. A trot would be generous. Has that episode come out yet? The nights? But you know I don't know. Yeah, Again, right. we never know until the week of what episode's going to be because we're so far removed from it. And also, it was drunk. Matter of fact, on that note, we re-listened to this episode last night to remember <laughs> what we talked about. And in listening to it, Cho learned things about William Shakespeare <laughs> from himself that he did not know. Present day him did not know the things that past him was teaching all of us on this episode. We listened to it last night, and he said something past him, and the episode said some fun fact about Shakespeare, and present him laying in bed was like, hmm, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's funny, and it's true. It's funny because yeah. it's true. That's right. Uh, so, yeah, there's not going to be – there won't be any airmail this week. We're going to do something a little bit special, give you all a little view of what we got going on here. We do thank you all for sending those lovely letters to putting on airs at yeah. Gmail. Dot com. Keep doing we'll it. Because, yeah. yeah, we're going to read those next week. We just really, we thought, doesn't this look pretty? Uh, so, yeah, we're living it up. We're having a good time. We hope that y'all are still enjoying the show as much as we're enjoying making it. Uh, remember, get your questions, your comments, your concerns into putting on airs at gmail.com. Also, uh, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, but you listen to it, please, please uh, do. do it. Even if you're like, but I know when it comes out. I, I get it, but it really helps us Easy out. Easy for you means a lot to us. It means so, so much yeah. to us. Go leave it a five-star review. Not only convince your friends to subscribe to the podcast, but convince them to give us a five-star review as well because it really helps us up in the ratings. Our number, Even if they hate us, trick them. Somehow. Trick them, exactly. Wow. Yeah, tell them it's about something planes. different. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Making uh, planes. Yeah, it's a show about Painting making planes. planes. You know yeah. how those old World War II planes had like cartoons on them and stuff mm -hmm. like that? Just if you got old Papa on your family, tell them it's a show about that and just have him, you know, give it five stars without listening to it, of course. Might work. I don't know. It's worth a shot. I agree with you, and uh, <laughs> and we'll see you next week on Putting on Airs, where I probably guess we'll be doing a version of this again. Love you. Summers. Yeah. Summers. Yeah. Summers. Skew. 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 I skewed. I okay. I know. I was wanting you to get another one. Okay. Okay. All right.